Hello there. How are you all doing, guys? It's Scott Anthony Christie of the Reject or Recall podcast. And I know, I know what you're going to say. Where have you been, mate? Scott, what have you been doing? I haven't heard from you in ages. And there is a very good reason for it. There are a number of reasons for it. As there's been a lot going on in my life for the past couple of months. It's been very, very busy mentally, personally. There's been a lot of things that have taken me away from doing this. Now that I've managed to actually get myself settled, I have now finally had the time to edit this bloody episode. And, oh god, guys, I've wanted to edit it for so long. And believe it or not, I recorded this back in May. And it is now November. I wanted to edit this episode, I just never had the bloody time. It's just the way it is, life gets in the way, doesn't it? Luckily, my guest was very understanding about this, and it's better late than never, as they say. And I've got a real treat for you all today, guys, because I am talking to Swansea's own Stefan Pejic. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong for your name there, Stefan, because I'm terrible with pronunciation anyway. Stefan is an actor, entertainer, comedian, writer, director, producer, magician... Let's just say he's a jack of all trades, and quite literally a jack because he is from the lovely town of Swansea. I had an absolute lovely time chatting to Stefan because it was just nice to chat about like each other's careers, just great to just geek out and just have a laugh, to be honest. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's having a good time, and it's for you to enjoy so you can just switch off from the outside world and just have a natter, have a rant, and have a bit of fun, like... And for those of you who are interested... Hi everyone, my name is Stefan Pedrick and I am delighted to tell you I will be playing the Beast at the Grand Theatre in my beautiful hometown of Swansea this Christmas. Beauty and the Beast is a magical family pantomime which this year will feature a brand new dazzling digital set full of animated scenes. Come and join the fun along with TV star Joe McFadden, local legend Kev Johns, the hilarious Matt Edwards, myself and the beautiful Belle, played by West End leading lady and local Swansea girl Hayley Gallivan. The panto starts on the 14th of December and runs until the 15th of January. Tickets are on sale now and available at swanseagrand.co.uk. Come and make your Christmas sparkle. Stefan is not only a lovely, lovely bloke, he is also a fantastic performer, so I highly recommend you check that out. But enough nattering from me. Enough details, let's get on with the Reject or Recall podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the house is now open and would you please take your seats as I am joined by a wonderful performer, wonderful magician, writer and a jack of all trades, I must say, because I'm not going to list every occupation under the sun because I've been told before they don't actually do that. So let the man introduce himself and that is Stefan Pejic. I don't know if I pronounced that right. You did, mate. I'd like to say I'm um, I'm a doctor, I'm a fireman. I'm out any <laughs> occupation you want, mate, tonight. Tonight is your lucky night. It's Pop Trumps from here yeah. point on. That's it. He's Fireman Steph. It's the spin-off to Fireman <laughs> Sam, but we couldn't get the budget to make it. <laughs> I love Fireman Sam. I mean, who doesn't? A bit of Welsh for you, isn't it? Malpo, but it's finest. Exactly. For those of the listeners who are with us today, Buds, could you tell us a little bit about you? How you got started, a bit about your experiences with the arts in general? 
Of course. Uh, mine's a bit of an unorthodox route, really. My brother started off. He was the face of Pepsi Cola out in Saudi Arabia. Sounds crazy. Bear with me. There's a lot more madness to come. He did that when he was a toddler. That was through an agency based in Swansea. And I was always full of energy, always full of these like crazy, wacky things, trying to dress up to emulate things I'd seen on TV. So my mum was like, oh, this is great for him. So we'll take him along to a, a little drama club, a little drama class. So there was this one at the time called Barbara Onslow, um, which then stemmed people like Mark German. Uh, from there, um, him and his sister were involved in that. Um, Stagecoach I went off to. So um, I went to Stagecoach and loved it there. And I had an opportunity to audition for a, a film that was being made, shot in Rossilli. I got the part and Ron Moody played the grandfather in the film. It was only a, sh a short film. And I remember being fascinated by Fagin when I was younger and in summer holiday, the great Orlando. I was just like, this guy is amazing. So that was an incredible experience. I left then and went to another drama school and at that drama school, they had an agency linked and I was being seen for adverts, kids TV, the usual sort of thing for the child actors go for. The things um, that basically get the money in. Yeah, totally. So we were being sent up in bulk <laughs> a lot of the time. Good <laughs> casting. Um, and, Send them yeah. off to the stale mill. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was a lot of like extra work as well as game shows and stuff. Mm. Uh, but my kind of line is really strange. There's been people I've met that will come back into my life and my career. It's been very, very odd. As part of that drama school, the opportunity to be on Jungle Run uh, came about. So Jungle Run was hosted the first series by Dominic Wood, who was a, a fantastic magician and more known for being a magician than Dick and Dom and stuff to come. Yeah. Um, and he run a, he had a VHS tape and it run a course at the Magic Circle, um, the Young Magicians Club, the Youth Initiative. So I loved magic anyway. My granddad, the typical sort of dynamo. Yeah, no, I get you. And I think it's one of those things, you know, passed down. Um, but he always used to buy me tricks and we always used to play with novelties and stuff. It was then that I started having a proper interest. And then I found a local magic society and the South Wales Magic Society, and I became their youngest member and video librarian, uh, which was VHS tapes of like Patrick Page's Tricker Tape and Son of Tricker Tape and all these like magicians from the 80s and the 90s. The tricks that I learnt off all of these gentlemen who were a, a lot older than me at the time. I was 12, 12, 13 going there. And they were like in the 60s. They played the pubs, the clubs. They'd been magicians for all these years. And I was, I was learning skills there um, with the magic side of things. And I got taught by Roy and Irene Roth, who were huge within the magic industry. I kept the magic quiet from school. I was having a hard time in school. I was being bullied. And I went through quite a horrific period, which, um, which led me to actually leave school in an ambulance when I was 13. And that was the last time I went into education, uh, formal education. It was a very strange period of time. My mum was absolutely incredible and she was like my absolute rock she was by my side she you know managed and i don't know how to this day she managed to convince what is now gower college it was then lawyer brin convince them to take me on to do a national diploma at 13 uh, which obviously was unheard of so yeah. they kind of did <laughs> for some reason they said okay this is a good idea and i ended up doing my college course, while people my age were still in school, 
I was in college, and then when they were going to college, I'd finished college. It was very, it was a very strange time. So um, you were the young Sheldon before young Sheldon. <laughs> I was young Sheldon, completely, <laughs> and I've got many similarities there, I can tell you. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very odd time. Things, like they say, 13 is unlucky, obviously, for some, the cliche of it, but I kind of had the bad luck or the worst luck. A lot had happened at 13, but then everything else started to happen career-wise. So I stayed in with my in, with the magic. I was still, you know, doing that for confidence. But like my face was out like Quasimodo. Um, lost all outward confidence. Fractured mm. my cheekbone, my eye socket. Um, it, I, it was horrific. The injury I sustained. But my mum had um, my mum had booked a holiday to Butlin's Minehead, and we had to go. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would put glasses on and. Uh, not like not like big glasses like those ones, but you know what I mean, like relatively big. I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like a photobooth type uh, moment. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I was just hiding away, and I was just a like a very inward shell. I was socially awkward anyway, but you know, any confidence I had had through opportunities at the stage school or a bit of magic just went poof. It all like the life left me basically. Yeah. Um, I could barely smile at anyone. I was just very much like head down and nodding. And we go into this magic shop, which is on the on the strip in Minehead. We walk in, and my mum blesses, trying everything. She's like, "Oh look, oh, oh that's. Do you want that? Do you want that? Oh, that's good. Look at this." And just trying to like interest me in in something. And the guy behind the, the counter had a Stephen Mulhern magic set. And so he had this, and I was like, and my mum was like, oh, you, you like Stephen? You, you watch it? Oh, you know Stephen, do you? Oh, you like Stephen? He'll be down in a minute. It was his dad. It was Stephen Mulhoun's dad, right? So what? it was very strange. So his mother and father owned a magic shop and like a novelty shop in Minehead. His sister yeah. Susie was a red coat still. Stephen had been a red coat and he was back doing a magic show, which I think he's, he's doing now. I think he's now gone back to the Butlins to do a magic show. So this was... 2002 2003 maybe yeah. incredible family a really 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 lovely family and they they without them I, I don't think i'd be doing this today so they give me an opportunity to be red coat for the week or the remaining days left um to have experience everybody else is red coat in it like obviously hey guys we're red coats yeah and i'm going right, <laughs> right? it was very very different to as i uh, how i am now and <laughs> i enjoyed it and i kind of followed them and i started to feel oh yeah i remember what this feels like to have somebody laugh i remember what it feels like to have somebody clap or make somebody's day and i i started to thaw if that if that makes any sense i kind of started to like melt back into any confidence i previously had and i loved it so much that they and they could see that i really enjoyed it that they invited me then to do three consecutive summer seasons so i was the youngest ever but it's red coat at, at 13 you know was there for 14 15 16 my hair changed every year um <laughs> it was great it was a wonderful experience and, and through doing that i learned the skills to command an audience to compare mc mm. and improv I learned a lot of the skills that I implement today within my site-specific immersive theatre came from Butlins. Sorry, cut me, cut me in at any time if I'm just no, 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 no. No, honestly, this is brilliant. It's just nice to get an insight to you as the person yeah. as well, like outside of the actor. But I got to ask you a question there. Like, obviously, with um, being a magician and like having that sort of crowd, do you feel like that kind of relates to like as if you're doing a scripted performance sort of thing? Because, like you say, it helps you control the audience in a sense. Oh, completely. I mean. 
acting is magic and magic is acting. It's the mm. same thing. You know, it, there's no purer form of acting than convincing somebody something's in this hand and then yeah. you open it. No. Um, so it, it's really nice that everything I've been interested in has all lent the skills have been interchangeable and they've lent them to the other sides of the, the industry I'm interested in. The magic side of stuff has really helped me confidence-wise and almost putting on a character. I've got ASD and a yeah. ADHD and a few other, thi- a few other <laughs> things. I'll end up a PhD. Asperger syndrome, mate, so I can relate. We are brothers. We are brothers. You get me beyond, beyond getting me. Having a character or a persona, the Butlin's character, the Butlin smile, I still refer to it as, <laughs> has really helped me even going to order stuff in restaurants. I hate it. That yeah. I have to. My default natural thing is a very nervous, inward person, but it allows me to be like a butterfly and really to relate to that it's like myself at the moment like as much as we'd love to be performing 24 7 that's not exactly feasible especially and like if we wanted to do that we go work in an office but like i kind of relate to that in the sense with my job working in retail and so literally there was um points where i just had like some of the most obnoxious rude customers but i thought to myself right scott would be really pissed off at this but i thought Nah, this is a character. This is a show. It's like, as say, no, you're uh, doing a comedy set and you're getting a heckler. It's like, that's your form of performance. Totally. Totally. I love heck- oh, heckles. Is, oh, that's one of my favorite things. Um, so <laughs> the comedy side of stuff is a, is a weird, it's all, it is like a spaghetti, like junction or Western or whatever. whatever. It's, a, it's a multi, it's a multiverse that comes in on itself. Boom. I like that. That's a much better than spaghetti. What am I talking about? <laughs> well, um, it does help. I watched uh, Doctor Strange the other day, so that helps. Ah, I like the linkage. I like the linkage. Um, but yeah, the comedy came from magic um, and a love for people like Tommy Cooper um, and the old school Eric Morecambe, um, any wise Cannon and Bull, who I've been lucky to call friends and I've worked with a few times. Um, just that love of old school. And I was always brought up on the old classics and I was brought up on Danny Kaye, the Marx Brothers, uh, Jolson, which led to me eventually playing Jolson. So it, it all links, but the comedy side of stuff came from certainly having to go on even at the karaoke bar in Butlins or in the Skyline, if something goes wrong. Wrestling, we, they had wrestling there. I, rem- yeah. I remember that quite vividly. And um, I, they even dressed me up as the Red Power Ranger once. And they did like it was like a Power Rangers thing, so that was bizarre. Um, That's brilliant. Dealing with hecklers, like I, I was fascinated with Andy Kaufman and Man mm. on the Moon, the Jim Carrey yes. film. I was really fascinated with it when I was younger. Um, oh, by the way, so I, I always forget stuff because it is such a crazy time. Um, at fourteen, I signed up with. I left that agency of the of the the child's agency, um, mm. but then. A really reputable agency, MTH Haller, took me on at 14. That in itself, I was like, oh gosh, how is this how? I just, I, I, think, I feel like I just turn up places and I end up, and I'm like, oh, I'm in this situation, right? Okay, is this the right choice? Okay, we're going with it, and now I'm here. I don't really understand, I'm like a pinball. I, I feel like a pinball, right? Um, and I just remember they were like, look, we don't normally take people as young as you. We're happy to give you a trial period. We'll get you three castings, and if you get them or get one of them, you know, We'll certainly think about then the representation. I was very fortunate. I got all three, I got all three uh, in, in the row. So that was really lovely. Weirdly, I was being seen for some really big, big things like Hollywood films and stuff. Mm. Um, I had near misses on films like Kick-Ass. Um, I was up for a, a role in The Way Back uh, by Peter Weir. Yeah. Um, and I had a, an incredible experience with Peter Weir. So my granddad's side of the family are Serbian. There's stuff to do with like escaping and, you know, gulags and, and things like that. Yeah. And, the story 
like rang bells with things that we knew about my granddad's family and, and the heritage there. And I remember going, and they go, he's got to be Polish. I was like, right, close enough. So I remember going to um, Penland Library and <laughs> I, went, I went up and I got these audio tapes and it was like, um, and then it would say, like, it would say the word and then, yeah. So I like, I, it had like learning basic Polish and I was listening into all my like Walkman and just like, yeah, going over it and over it and over it and over it. I get there and I go in and they thought I was Polish. So Lena Todd, the casting director who was Serbian, she was like, oh, trying to speak to me in, in some sort of hybrid. And I was there going, and they, they said to my, like, my mum had come up as well. She's like, thank you for bringing him. Like thinking it's like an interpreter or like a chaperone across the border or whatever. Uh, I start talking about my granddad to Peter Weir and he's really interested and he's I was like oh there's like but in I don't want to do it now because they do the wrong accent and then I get, <laughs> get like calls for racism or something um so hey, it can't so, be as bad as Tom Hardy's Welsh accent in lock so oh, I that think is fair. that is fair <laughs> oh yeah that was that was well traveled wasn't it yeah <laughs> but Julia um, if you're watching this we everyone agrees <laughs> absolutely yeah. it was, uh, gosh a strange one that Peter Weir was lovely and he was like oh you've got to come back and a recall for that and I, I kept getting recalls for like some really big stuff as, as well as having big part of like doctors and, and yeah, things like yeah. that appear just for the residuals. I get paid now just for being ha- apple thrower. So that's all right by me. That's nice every now and again. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, got into stand up comedy, kind of left, left the acting side weirdly towards my late teens. Um, yeah. I was doing like local theater, Swansea Grand Theater um, with um, Sir Harry Seacombe Trust and, and societies. So my, my my thinking was and reasoning, I was a bit Clark Kenty doing the am drum for parts I'd never get to play or learning the stagecraft side of stuff whilst auditioning for these big, big, crazy things at the yeah. same time. College was a weird experience because for like one of the years, I was away filming more than I was in college. So we yeah. were doing nuts and bolts, a series of nuts and bolts. So I had a very disjointed education anyway. So it's all been kind of self, self-made and... and um, yeah, just wacky ideas I kind of see through. People seem to like it, and then they, they go ahead. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, I think, like, a lot of people say, it's like, yes, education's important. But, like, from all of the stuff you've been mentioning just now, it's like, it's all about life experience. Like, you probably learned a lot more from doing all yeah. of those things than sitting in the classroom oh, saying, it's like, oh, algebra is important. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, mate. Totally. Um, like, learning on the job and seeing the other side of the... Um, the faculties within it like now i i direct and i produce also so it's helped me know that side of it from from an early age but back to the comedy i'm waffling again so i'm trying <laughs> yeah, to that was that was my fault <laughs> no not at all man i just i literally could talk a glass eye to sleep that's not offensive is it i don't think so i mean <laughs> i mean people get offended by any little thing these that days so it's subjective that's why i say yeah. although if i get a hashtag on twitter cancel reject or recall podcast i'm coming after you steph <laughs> that's what I do. That's my magic power. I get things cancelled. You don't believe. Hey, you all publicity is good, right? Hey, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but um, but yeah, with the comedy you were saying. Yeah, so um, I was very fortunate at thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen to have through the magic side of stuff. Then do really big corporates, and it, it was all very crazy. So I was on the bill with big comics at the time, like like learning my craft of a support act while they were trying new material and testing new material so they do a lot of like smaller gigs or they might do a corporate dinner or do a talk i kind of went along with quite a few of them got a chance to perform some crazy like promotional stuff for um coke sony and 
at Disney as well. So I guess I was I was being like asked for advice on how to do certain tricks. And it was a very crazy time. I always injected comedy into my live show, whether it was the mentalism side or the normal comedy magic. I had an opportunity to go down to the garage uh, in Uplands, the Whites, I think, I think it's still called. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were running a comedy night, trying a comedy night. And Paul Allen was hosting it. And he was running it. Paul Allen had, had the song, I Mush. Yeah, and it's it, it was a Swansea anthem of sorts. It, for a, yeah, a, it a, it was a big thing going around, especially when I was younger. I said, "Oh much, fuck off! Who do you think you are? Don't you look at me like that? I'll do you fucking car." We sort of gave him advice, really, and started like running the club with him. So we came up with the idea that we had to get the comedians to do a new 10-minute set every week. If they wanted to be on, it had to be brand new and we'd bring back the same audience. So even then, you're learning the craft on the spot. And like I, I was running comedy workshops. I was I was going myself to things like equity recharge courses at RADA or um, Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama. I'd go for like a day course and they'd have like industry professionals come down to do mentorship. The Actors' Centre, Actors' Guild, Mr. Ben Kingsley, they, they, people like that came down. It was, it was crazy. So I, I'm learning stuff and then passing it on. At the same time, then 16-ish, I'm teaching for local drama schools um, and tan dance involved with things like Dunyon and yeah, um, yeah. all these other uh, things. So I'm learning it and literally passing it down a, a table almost. <laughs> um, and got experience there then, work in a room even with kids. Like when I do or have done the, um, the live shows, like Professor Stenchbottom, Magic Jack Sparrow, any comedy magic with kids was a clown. I did a lot of circus stuff as well. I had, I had a, another agent when I was, I keep forgetting stuff. I'm so sorry. It's another all good. Agent, Chunky Russell, who, who's a fantastic entertainer. Um, he now has a holiday park and stuff and he's, he's absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, back then, he, but he was an old, proper old school feel agent. Chunky talk like that, right. Like, it, it was a proper salt of the earth. And, I get um, it, yeah. He, He'd get me gigs. He'd he'd source some illusions for me, so I'd be like performing like the big flames and the blades at, at events and stuff. Um, oh, the comedy! Right, let me go back to sorry. It's <laughs> all so, good. That I was a clown for a bit. Um, I still am. And, Send in the clowns. <laughs> absolutely, mate. They sent in the living clowns today. Proper overcast. That should be my my autobiography. Overcast. That's 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 maybe what it should be. Um, <laughs> but the comedy side of stuff then me and Simon Emmanuel took over from uh, from Paul we we used to perform as his kids as well so he would do the character um, we'd yeah. sing the Oymar song and I'd be his son Pancake um, and he was putting all the crazy stuff me and Simon started um, performing main troupe live um, and we had a double act for a, for a long while I started developing character comedy based off seeing the Tony Clifton character on Man on the Moon and thinking about the immersiveness of, like, people going, is it real? Is it not real? I just love yeah. that idea. So I came up with a character called Donovan, the worst comedian in Wales. And he was. And um, <laughs> so weirdly, like, I'd get, I'd get annoyed when people started laughing. Generally, I'd be like, <laughs> as the character, getting like, oh, idiots. I, like, I'd start resenting the audience. So then I'd go on as me then the week after or part of another double act. I got then involved with um, another uh, comedy partner and we toured as Le 122 mm-hmm. and we had meetings at BBC London about our own sitcom. They were talking about things like you could be the next Bush. It was a very crazy time. Um, 
myself and Simon had written some sitcoms. Um, again, BBC London were looking through it. There'd always been these moments, and I've still got this in my career now as a, as a writer, where it's always like back and forth, the same sort of people. Um, Andy Pryor was cast in uh, Torchwood, and I auditioned four times for four different roles within that. And each time he'd be like, oh, we love you. Uh... Not quite right for this one, I don't think, but it's lovely to see you. And it, it just Carl Proct is another one. And yeah, it's just situations like that. Yeah. Um, but the comedy side, I got a really big bug for it. And um, I started opening other comedy clubs with Simon. We sort of started the South Wales comedy scene together, effectively. Uh, the wonderful Caroline Berry used to yeah. run a comedy club um, and have some great names uh, down to that. Um, but at the sort of time, there were like another side of Swansea started opening up with clubs. And yes. uh, yeah, it, it, it became the Garage Comedy Club. Um, we ha we were inviting people down like Milton Jones, uh, Russell Kane, Paul Foot. They were first performing there before like attending the grand type of stuff. Yes. Um, I then fell back in love with acting, <laughs> so I kind of left the comedy scene and only did the corporate scene, uh, which I, which now is where I, I kind of make my bread and butter is, is as a corporate entertainer, immersive yep. comedian, improv character actor, um, magician, host, uh, and stand-up, uh, and, and yeah, I, it, it's strange, but I'm still acting, I'm still doing lots of theatre. Lockdown was a crazy time, so I, I brought yeah. my show into lockdown as well, so when he was going... Stayed home. I was like, I didn't have a choice. I was like, yeah. I'd love you've got, you've got a rehab, so. Yeah, totally. What can I do to just, like, keep my toe in and and also bring some theatre to to audiences who can't leave the house? Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'll write an, a letter and stuff and see if I can get any sort of rights to doing anything Grinchy, because I love the Grinch, right? I love Jim Carrey in general. <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to do the Grinch. Um, I'm going to make the, the, the Grinch UK try to find out all the copyright side of stuff. Um, the estate of Dr. Zeus um, went, went through it all. And then it was the Grunch for copyright purposes or Grinch UK, uh, oh God, Grinch Tribute UK. So that's fine. If it's got tribute, you can do it. I got a Grinch costume made and I made quite a lot of it myself, right? So I had all the materials. It, co it cost a, a good couple of grand to get this together. And I was like, right, I'm doing this. This is something I'm doing. And um, I started to have meetings with this barn down Gower. And I'd done a little bit of entertainment. October, Halloween time was coming up and um, everything changed again with COVID. I was meant to do a week in person doing magic lessons as this character, Professor Stenchbottom, and doing a magic show. That that couldn't happen. So we had to make, me and Emma Stacy. I had to come up with a, a TV show. Hi, Emma. <laughs> hey, Emma. Shout out to Emma. Um, oh. <laughs> um, and we had to come up with a TV show, well, three in a row. So we had to do three consecutive TV shows an hour, an hour long in this mm. barn and send them out to 600 families with both tickets. So that yep. was a good like starting block. And I was like, right, I'm going to do the Grinch live. We're going to do something with the Grinch. I'm going to do a, a live experience, even if it's like, uh, what's it called, the Big Breakfast, where you walk through with a camera and you've got all these yeah. things happening, grottos and stuff. That that didn't go ahead, so I decided to go to people's gardens and um, create havoc. So my daughter dressed up as Cindy Lou, um, and that's me in the full Grinch costume. And uh, the the idea was I'd sniff around the front door, 
Um, and I'd, I'd be looking for Max the dog. Um, and yeah. when, when, when they come to the door, I'm a, I'm a COVID safety officer, just checking they're abiding by the rules, um, asking if they've got things like chimneys, just basically try to get a little checklist if they're going to be in, blah, 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 to steal Christmas. Um, yeah. So then I bring them out. Um, and I'm. it's really lovely the way we did it. We made it really immersive, but obviously socially distant at the time. So we we were like at the bottom of the gate, some of them, some, some of them were in the um, actual road and you had all the neighbours and it was beautiful. It was really beautiful seeing everybody emerge um, and yeah, bringing theatre at the Grinch and doing some videos also. So I, I was finding out facts about families and I didn't want to just do a sort of cameo type video where you go, hey, happy birthday, nice one. So I, I was writing jokes about each member of the family, making props, um and sending these videos out to people as well um yeah it just seemed like and they say you can't be creative during like this time where there was like everything was shutting down that's that's the best time to do it like for me like i was writing so many of my pieces during lockdown because there was just nothing to do and like you say everyone needs entertainment oh my gosh escapism is vital and now now we're kind of it feels weird, doesn't it? Like it's happened, but it hasn't. And now you're kind of experiencing these things again. But yeah, I don't know. It's a big flux now, of which is exciting. It's a big. It's nice flux to of- get back to normal, but it's nice yeah. that some things that were implemented are actually staying. Like the self tape, for example. Like you say, yeah. like the performance yeah. from home. So yeah. that's the thing. It's always a really good thing like that. So props to you on that, bud. Yeah, sorry, just ranting on about that. But yeah, <laughs> no, no, all- it's fine. It's, it's all good. Sure but- if you need it. Yeah, that I mean, there's the autobiography for you guys. Let's go, mate. Let's go. You can do the forward for it. Cold overcast. <laughs> there we go. There we are. It's now time to decide what you would rather. Now, don't be greedy. You're only allowed one. As we were talking about uh, film-related items in the previous conversation, when you go to the cinema, popcorn or nachos? Oh, popcorn. Salted or sweet? Sweet, sweet. I, I like. I, I not that I thought. Not that I dislike the salty one, but it's always a shock when you've got the yeah. mix. I'm always hoping for the sweet. Well, I am anyway. I think it just. Yeah, it would feel wrong not to have some sort of popcorn, even if it's on the seat next to you from the previous people sat there. <laughs> you need popcorn in your life while you're sat there. Immersive seat, immersive <laughs> theatre. What is it without popcorn? Would you rather a Pixar film or a DreamWorks film? Ooh. Oh, I do like DreamWorks. Yeah. DreamWorks. What's one of your favourites? I like Shrek. It's just my humour totally. Like any puns and visual gags, like things like the pepper spray and just like the things like that just proper make me laugh. A glass of wine, a pint of beer or a pint of cider? Now, weirdly, I don't drink anymore. Um, but um, yeah, I used to like red wine and cider, not mixed, obviously. But they were <laughs> I never quite got on with like beer and stuff. Um, I always felt like because I'm you know quite a feminine um, oh he's lying folks he's actually uh does a reenactment <laughs> of stone cold steve austin like beers like uh thrown into the stage and then he's just uh down in them yeah. instantly absolutely <laughs> could i have this in a clean glass uh, there you go your majesty very nice, very <laughs> Simpsons nice reference for anybody <laughs> <laughs> right um still with the form of entertainment books or films now i am very dyslexic so um, I used to have audio tapes listening listening to like Stephen Fry does the Harry Potter books and yes. Enid Blyton. Oh. But yeah, audio tapes was was my thing. So I, I used to love like Just William um, and yeah, all of the Enid Blyton. 
Um, even I remember having the cassette tapes of uh, The Dandy, read by mm -hmm. Tony Robinson um, as Cactus Jack and, and things like that. So yeah, I was really, really into like the audio tapes. Imagine Harry Potter and the audiobooks with Stephen Fry narrating. That just yeah. takes me back to nostalgia because as people are aware, I'm I'm a bit of a fan of video games. Harry yeah. Potter Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban narrated like in between gameplay by Stephen Fry. That was just like, oh, oh, oh. just like butter. It's just yes. like butter. Oh, it's fantastic. Like Harry where... found himself in the familiar dormitory where he was home at last. That was fantastic, mate. That was great. I didn't expect that. I love oh, it. Thank you. Oh, mate. Again, you spend all your time listening to audio cassettes for impressions. I just play games. No, mate, you're fantastic. Like, I'm going to learn a Hugh Laurie impression and just stand next to you. <laughs> That's what I'm just going to do. What are you doing? That's my name. What is this, Derek? <laughs> I'm so entertained by you right now. I'm like, again, again. It's like telling something. Like, again, again, again. Uh, so your name is Nipple. <laughs> N-I-P-P-L-E hyphen E hyphen E in my book spells nipple. It does not spell. <laughs> oh my gosh. Will you please do some sketches and uh, or something? Mate, get me on board. I'll happily co-write right. this with you. That, that's happening, right? There we go. Note that to self, Hugh Laurie impression for Stefan, Stephen Fry impression for Scott. Right. Love it. Book it. Love it. <laughs> right then. So Two more. That. Let's uh, get these up nice and quickly. Would you rather a cruise holiday or an all-inclusive resort? Now, believe it or not, I've never been a passenger on the cruise. Okay. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe experiencing that. So that would be, I, I think, just relaxing and just like, yeah, I, I, I assume that's what they do when they relax. They just, they yeah, do just that. like <laughs> the arms. <laughs> Favorite okay. takeaway? Oh, ah, that is a hard one. Like right okay. now, if you were decided, oh, right, like, right, I'm going to order a takeaway tonight. What would you yeah. um, think to yourself? It's like, you know what? That's what I'm feeling. Oh, I feel like a KFC right now. I genuinely, that's what I'm feeling right now, which isn't exactly. <laughs> last night we had Indians. So that's our tradition. Uh, nice. Um, I do like Welcome the Saturday night takeaway. <laughs> Mate, this is great. Please continue in this. This is it's like Barbage, twisted. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget to listen to the Reject or Recall podcast. Oh, why aren't you? Why aren't you doing this now? Get some sketches out. Get some voice out. Do some cartoons. Do some really crude drawings of them all and voice them. We'll do like that a sticker book. That will give me some uh, content ideas, so I'll make a list of that. Do it, man. Do it. Life too short. That's that's another thing as well. Like, sorry to jump in as well. No, no, absolutely. Now where it's so it's so subjective that everybody can be a star. Or it, like, I always find it fascinating by how you you kind of measure success or stardom within the industry now. Whereas yeah. years ago there was limited channels where you saw them live or in pantos. Yes. Now. Everyone who's got an app or a Snapchat can have fans and followers within seconds and the validation of a thumb up and like yeah. the art and the heart of the art is it's still there with certain sprinklings of us. It's but... just anyone. It's like what they say. It's like that 15 minutes of fame, but now loads more opportunities are occurring. It's like in work with me, like we sell like these big bags. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Love Diana. Does that name ring a bell? So... Basically, I had no idea what it was until I started the job. So basically, it's this seven-year-old Spanish girl 
who got famous from YouTube because her parents were just like recording her doing like funny videos like with her brother. And I'm like, but that's the thing. It's like all it takes now is like you can use your phone because like the cameras are so good on these things. Chuck it on YouTube, a little bit of splicing together and you could be an overnight success. It's crazy. It, it's it's. I mean, good good luck to them all. But it's mad. Oh, yeah. Like TikTokers, and I mean, my brain can't get like. It's not like a. It's not like a bitter thing because I'm very. I'm very lucky and happy. I can. I, I get to choose what I do, which yeah. is lovely. But like, I'm still trying to com- comprehend how people are becoming famous for miming to other people's work. I can't understand that. Yeah. Everything thing. Oh, it's like I don't get it. And I fair enough to everybody who enjoys it. I yeah. just don't get it. I oh, just don't right. get it. I'm. I know we haven't even got into the reject portion, but I'm sending one myself today because that has just spinned off, and I'm not going to go into a long rant because I don't want to keep you here till the end of time. But <laughs> my pet peeve with YouTube reaction videos. Oh yes. Like literally, like don't get me wrong. If it's a video where, like, say now, like you and me are doing a reaction to something, it's like you'll see a little bit of a clip. We stop it, then we talk about it. Yeah. Fine. I get that because you're critiquing, but. When people literally have like, I don't know, let's take uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, for example. It's like, right, I'm going to do a reaction to this trailer. And literally they'll have a tiny little screen like in the corner of the trailer. And it's like about this size of our screen. It's just like. But I've seen the same one as well. Repeated. They've used the same clip of the reaction on different videos. Yeah. How lazy do you have for me? It's a reaction to a reaction of a reaction. I'm like. What? It's like inception of shit. It's just like yeah. honestly, and nothing oh, happens. Oh. I'm like, and a lot of people are probably going to be thinking, it's like, oh, well, I make reaction videos. Well, do something more creative with your time. Well, react to this. <laughs> yeah, there we are. I don't. I chickened out. I'm not manly enough. <laughs> Mate, I don't have sponsors to please. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I didn't know oh. we could say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it crazy what the, the kind of the way it's gone i like ah give me give me live interaction and, and live theater any day yeah. that's what my heart but mm. just yeah and like also these setup videos that make you that make you wait 15 minutes so they, it's like but it's awful i've seen one or two of them and i and i was kind of gutted with myself that i saw them through and mm. it's, I'm not going to say any names because we don't want anybody to. No, I'm going to say what it sounds like. It sounds like plus in plum. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, in communities that I'm linked with, so I've got to be careful anyway. Uh, but like, it'd be like, gosh, gosh, look at this. You're going to put, put this in here and we're mixing it. Look what color it's going. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's blue. Is it blue? But like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And it goes on for 15 minutes and then they open it and nothing happens. And then you just feel empty and cheated. Yeah. What is that about? It gets monetized, obviously, but it's... It's like, don't get me wrong, I'm a sucker for, like, unboxing videos. Like, you see, like, the geeky subscription boxes. People will have, like, uh, funny re- responses to that. Like, there's a YouTuber I watch. Exactly. Like, there's a YouTuber, Joe Warlock, and he's actually very entertaining with it, and he'll make a show of it. But... Ooh. Like there was one came up on suggested videos. I didn't even bother watching it because it the title was Unboxing a DVD. It was just a singular DVD. It wasn't like a special edition sort of thing where you get like extras with it. No, it was just the case and the disc. Yeah. Why are you doing an unboxing for something that we Who know what's that? in there? Yeah, that's it. We just literally do that. Yeah, exactly that. <sighs> 
But I again, want to see this video now. I love it. Oh, <laughs> mate. I'll, I'll see if I can find like the link that. for you. But, uh, what a crazy time. I know. Get 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 down the trap door. Get it or, off, off stage, please. Or out the <laughs> stage door. You're out. No, never coming back. Get him. Hit him. Hit him. Act one. What is the first thing you want to reject from this industry? It might be personal. It might be a generalized thing. But the stage is yours. In the earlier days, um, especially as a child actor going up for castings, mm. um, having parents, pushy parents who try to sabotage an audition so their child will get it. Been some weird ones. So I've had like, I remember, I was always very happy and smiley to everybody when, when I'd go into castings. I'd be the one wishing everybody good luck coming out of castings, right? And everybody else would just death stare me. I'd be going, all the best. I hope you hope you get it. I'm like, oh, it's crazy now looking at it now. I cut through what it is. But I was like, oh, all the best, all the best. As I said, certain people that would be in my casting bracket, like Nicholas Holt, one of them, a, a mix of looks as well. So like Dave Patel um, would often be, um, you know, up, up for stuff too. I just rem- I just remember like his, his dad, I'd, I'd said some stuff um, in a in a casting once. Weird, like hearing like parents put other kids down to psych them out. I remember being sat in the donut at the BBC, and where they had like all the TV screens of whatever channel, so like BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, and they're showing clips of random things from that channel. Two pints of lager was showing, and I'm sat there, and there's a parent with their child signing in and put, doing the photograph, signing in and looking at me. La- they laugh at me, look me up and down. And I go back to it, and then they go, "Oh look, mummy, the boy, the boy." Uh, oh, oh no, he was he was London, but he was like, "Oh look, mummy, I worked with him, didn't I? Yeah, I worked with him, didn't I? Yeah, I worked with him. What's his name, ma'am? Um, Stuart Little, Stuart Little, isn't it?" And she went, "No, it's Little Richard." And it was it was Ralph Little. I'm like, "Come on, if you're gonna try and like boast, get the guy's name right." And like it was just weird. We'd have um, you know parents telling casting directors that oh we only live up the road. Oh they've come all the way from Swansea. And at that time there was a bit of racism about about having regional accents. Certainly like during the nineties and early two thousands, yeah. you had to disguise Welsh, which was yeah. strange, really crazy. It had to be RP or some form of London accent. Um, well, to so expand yeah, on that, it's, it still baffles me that, like, years ago, if you went to drama school, they'd try and beat your regional accent out of you. I'm like, well, yeah. sh- wh- what happened to identity? Oh, now, now it's like, it's celebrated, isn't it? The diversity is, is celebrated, which is fantastic. But, um, yeah, I remember having to learn a London accent as a child as well oh. and say that we were part of a different agency that were the London base. Couldn't say we were from Swansea. We oh, stay God. here, we live here, we've got people to stay with there. It was all very odd. Hmm. Dickheads! Oh, my sister, yeah. she used to do, um, like, uh, dance. Like, she'd go to, like, a dance school. I won't mention the name of it because, like, I don't know the people personally. But just hearing, like, the horror stories, like, especially, like, the way, well, we've all heard the, the saying, dance moms, for example. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's literally, it's like, oh, they're the best. Oh, they, they've always got the best costumes. Oh, my daughter's much better than yeah. your daughter. Or my son could do this. It's like, look, they're just there because they want to dance. Nobody cares. Isn't it pathetic? It's like, it takes any enjoyment. You literally sap out the enjoyment of what could be. You're in a place you should all be celebrating together, like creativity mm. and art and being free. And then just putting people that it's, it's bad energy. It's not going to yes. go anywhere good. The worst for it, a lot of people are always shocked at, is pro wrestling. Like, it's the most yeah. bitchiest 
community on the planet. And honestly, there was like wrestlers backstage who were just saying, it's like, oh, I don't like him because he does that. I don't like him or because he's not old school. It's like, look, wrestling's a community. There should yeah. be celebrations of different styles and all that. But there's, oh, I could go on for a full rant on that. I loved wrestling. as a, Wrestling was one of my, my favorite things to watch. I used to have all of the wrestling magazines, the video mm. games. I loved wrestling when I was younger. Oh, oh, mate, we need like an old school night. Just like uh, get the old consoles uh, set up hey, and everything. WCW old school. Let's get Sting, Goldberg. Let's Nitro. get Kevin. Yes. Get... Oh, fucking too sweet for life. Oh, my oh. God. But honestly, it's just like, so like expanding on that point it's like with wrestling it's like that it's just so much pettiness it's like oh you can't work with this person because of this or you can't work for this company i'm like but hang on how am i supposed to get out there if i can't go to other promotions yeah. it's like oh no you can't do that it's territory no it's not the territories died the day the wwf um, existed yeah well there we are there we go exactly and that uh, resurfaces your point of like saying all these parents who are trying to put down people. It's like, look, you're all in it because you enjoy performing. Now, yeah. unfortunately, there are some families out there or some like uh, agents who are only in it for the money, only oh, in it oh. for the fame. And if you're in it for that, you need to get out. Yeah. And oh, completely. And oh, completely. that just that, so gone. So many charlatans. Like. Oh. Thinking back again, some of the stuff that we had, like, it's just, it's crazy. You'd never get away with half the stuff now. Mm. Um, and just the way you were treated and how parents would bitch about you, even like in the wings for shows. Like these aren't professional shows. These are, you know, local shows where it's-, it's Local theatre, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and But then you'd have people in the wings, like talking about people's daughters and like trying to hide costumes so people haven't got a prop on stage because they're upstaging. Um, it, it the mind boggles really and then you've got like lo local you know um societies who think that they're on broadway so they treat other societies who haven't got as much money or for the sets and so they as if it's like oh i'm never joining them what is going on with people what's going on with people put them all in the bin reject all of those type of parents reject anyone who is like being so stupid enough to think it's like oh i'm the big time no you're not this is like a penland leisure center that you're doing a show in so it's like to add on that i'm rejecting all the people from wrestling who are just so petty as well because they kind of link let's kill two birds with one stone get them all in the bin out the stage door bye bye finger poker doom act two so stefan what's this thing done to you that really annoys you so much and why is it getting rejected from the industry today when people find out you're a comedian and have to tell you a joke and you've got a, you've got a courtesy of care for your audience or people who, who clearly like you because you don't want to be you don't want to ever offend anyone we're so grateful because obviously without an audience you're nothing like yeah. forget about like facebook and stuff unless you've got people who've heard about your product or or you um have come to see you like you you've got nothing you're, you're just a person may have some talent but you're entertaining friends in a pub or you're just in the bedroom being crazy. Yeah. It's a weird thing having people come up to you and be like, here's a joke. Um, you can use this one. You can use this uh, one. Yeah, that happens a lot. Still, yeah. quite a lot. And you've got to go, oh, thank you. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Or I'll give you this one for free. Yeah, but people think you don't get that with any other kind of industry. Yeah. I don't think. It's only with like the performance industry, isn't it? It's like, yeah. like I... I can imagine you've been asked this quite a lot. I've been asked it quite a lot. It's like, you know, when um, people get a hold that like you're an actor or like uh, you're a yeah. performer, 
they'll they say, oh, give us a song then, or uh, give us uh, this, or oh, do an impression, or put a pound in it, make see him dance. It's like, no, no, that's not how it works. And you might just be out um, with a friend, just having a meal, and then all of a sudden, it's like they're just like, oh, I hear you this, do this for yeah. me. I'm like, fuck off, I'm having a nice evening. Absolutely, mate. And it, but ma- knowing magic as well, people always say, you could make good, there's a beer, could you? Ah! Ah. I mean, you've got to laugh in the same way that you'd be laughing for 20 odd years. <laughs> so it's like, it, it is. It was funny not- the first 400 <laughs> times you said it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but um, yeah, it's just like that kind of, that kind of thing. I mean, of all the things to complain about, you know, I, I, I'm I'm very lucky, and I, I never take it for granted. Everything I've got to do, and I, I love everybody who supports me. But um, just 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 think a bit more. Just just think. Yeah. Just go. Maybe it's maybe you've heard it before. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, well, like I on the first episode I ever did of this, one of my friends was saying, it's like, oh, when people get hold of when you're an actor, you always hear the same line. When are we going to see you in EastEnders? I'm like, oh, oh yes. It's like really you. Why is it always EastEnders? Why not Emmerdale? Why not Hollyoaks? Why not Doctors? I mean, come on. There are other soaps, guys. Good point. Yeah, they were lovely. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, you're right. There's certain, like, isms that people... We're weirdly talking about the singing one. This genuinely happened to me the other day. Um, I went for, um, like, a a little ECG um, on my my heart uh, over something that's all good. And um, as I was having that done... The nurse was making small talk. She was very lovely. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, she said, what, what do you do? Then go the day off. I was like, oh, I'm entertaining. I'm not doing anything tonight. And then she's like, oh, do you do this? I was like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Do you do this? Oh, I think it's, oh, yes, 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 yeah. Having a lovely conversation. And then she goes, will you sing for me? So I'm there, right? Feeling like a Wolverine, like following the Logan with all these things I'm about to go. Um, so I'm there, right? And I, I'm just looking, going, okay, uh, what would you like me to sing? I didn't like kind of disappointment. She was so sweet. And um, she was like, I said, oh, well, do you know, like musical theatre? She said, will you sing Michael Ball? And I'm not joking. I'm there, right, with a mask on, because obviously I'd gone into the thing. I've got these things on me, and I'm there going, uh, Michael Ball, uh, Marius, oh, no, 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 default, go old school Michael Ball. And I go, love, love changes everything, hands and faces. And I'm there, and I, my brain's going, this is actually happening right now. So, yes, and I serenaded her. Good job it wasn't a prostate exam. But there we are. Um, <laughs> no, but we're crazy. I was going to say, it's like, um, what song would you be saying? Anyone could whistle? Maybe a bit inappropriate. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It is, mate. But, yeah, but it's a strange thing, isn't it? Why it's is little- it only in the performers um, industry where we get asked this? It's like any other industry... You would never be asked this. It's like if you're an accountant, it's like, oh, do something with the calculator, will you? I'm like, yeah, exactly. Oh, look, boobies. Like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> isn't it? yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go to a doctor's exam. It's like, oh, you're a chef. Oh, make us a bolognese. It's like, yeah, totally. With what? Totally. <laughs> and that that links me to another thing, which is a a, a reject as well. Oh, go um, on. When when people like people ask for a service and then when you're polite to them explaining that you might be a little bit outside of their budget for for what they want people get arsy it's like people obviously okay times are hard 100 agree it's like i don't know if it's a new way of just communicating with people like i feel like sometimes i'm too polite 
because mm. when dealing with anyone, like I always like, oh, thank you very much. And I'm very courteous. I like to think so anyway. Mm. But where people are just blunt and they'll be like, how much? Lol. Uh, no, thank you. I'm like, well, then what do you expect? What are you expecting? With artists, for example, like I know a load of people who work as like freelance illustrators, artists, yeah. and everything. And people are always shocked when they see how much that they charge for. I don't know. Say no, it's like a cartoon version of yourself, like head, shoulders, and that's all you get, like a bust. Like, and then people are like um, shocked when some people are charging like 40 quid. It's like, yeah, but do you know how much time and effort it takes to actually draw a picture? What's needed yeah. is like they might have to buy new pens, like the paper that's used. And that's the thing. It takes time out of their day. And that's the thing. Your time is valuable. So don't work for free. Totally. And I, do you think people are desensitized by too much choice and the lazy thing of screens of, of people can put up artwork people can look at yes. it anything people don't see value in it whereas before it, it was a rarity it was a one of oh this has been created by somebody's thought this is their art this is their music this is their passion now exactly. there's bit that there's no heart to the art almost so it's just too it's too in your face everybody can do anything on an app it's because it's so accessible now. It's like everyone yeah. can do something. And it's like, especially yeah. with like music, for example, because there's so much like royalty-free music out there. People think, oh, I can get music for free. Well, no, you yeah. can't because like, yeah, some people have just decided to put that out just because they're nice human beings and they think, yeah. well, I make a lot of income from other things, so I'll put these up. But yeah. it's like, if you want a full, like, going back to wrestling if you wanted an entrance theme customized for you i had a musician joshua bartholomew very talented musician i paid him a little bit for two theme songs for two different characters and yeah. that's the thing i said it's like it's time out of your day it's the yeah, effort yeah. that you're putting in it's like you're paying for a service it's like yeah it's like a, for, yeah. if you went to a restaurant and you ordered yeah. i don't know uh a sirloin steak and then somebody said, it's like, oh, that's going to be um, £9 for the steak. You would yeah. never complain about that, would you? It's oh, like, sure. you might be internally, it's like, oh, that's a bit much for a steak, but you'd still pay it. Yeah, you, you wouldn't would. be trying to haggle to get the steak for like four quid. So true. It's like, like almost like people who go to like plastic surgeons. You'd never have them go, I want my eyes done, I want my nose done for 40 quid. Would you, you, you know that there's a certain service, a certain standard, and, but maybe that as well is people, there's too, there's too much choice now of people maybe going out and trying their luck to do cash in hand parties and stuff. Maybe that's, maybe there's that as well, you know, the standards dropped, I think. in, in I, a lot. I totally agree. I think people are so used to getting something like on the cheap where they don't, don't. want to actually fork out for something that's actually good. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. It's been lovely chatting oh, to you. And play. thank you for the insight. I've just got to ask you, so this is a bit of time for you to plug yourself, plug your own brand. So where can our lovely listeners find you online? Um, on Instagram, it's stephanpedrick.official. Um, I came off Twitter. I just thought I can't, I can't deal with like, too many things at once. Um, so Facebook, Stephen Pedrick Entertainer. My website is www.stephanpedrick.com. Much love, <laughs> man. Thanks for having me. No worries. Take care, guys. Have a lovely day.